I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, beauties? This is the Bear of Texas, and welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight I have a very, very special guest. He is the DJ of Pipe Bomb Radio, Flashback Fridays, available on Fridays, one of the greatest shows to tune into. If you're a loyal listener of this show, please tune in to Flashback Fridays. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my honor to welcome you, Rinky Winkowich. What's up, everybody? How's everybody's day going? Ricky, it's just it's just so cool to finally have you on the show because you know I'm a huge fan of your show, all the shows that you run. I've I've had the honor of being on your show, so I mean, it brings so much excitement to finally have you on my show. Well, thank you for having me on. Yeah, so but you know, the, in the news of today, well, pertaining to my team is that the Dallas Cowboys have signed Dak Prescott, and you know, Ricky, as well as everybody who listens to my show, that I was not in favor of this, but. What's done is done, folks. No more excuses. I'm not going to go on an insulting tirade, you know, because criticizing Dak at this point really doesn't make any difference. All I can say is, well, Dak got what he wanted. Now he needs to give us what we want. Well, I, I'm actually pretty decently level with the way that the contract was done. Uh, he is getting the uh, four-year deal for 160 to stay in Dallas. Now, some of the notes to this are that he is getting $126 million guaranteed. Uh, that's actually more suitable for Dallas on salary cap because you figure out of the 126, uh, with the 126, I should say, that he's getting, it's only legitimately costing them another $38 million to stay on the roster. Uh, that's one one great thing about it. Yeah, that's right, because honestly, from some of the reactions from uh, a lot of Adam Schefter and uh, from one of the dudes I work with for Primetime Sports Talk, he explained that it's actually a win-win for the Cowboys and for Prescott because the salary cap is not going to be affected too negatively. Well, the other the other two keys that I'm kind of liking in a way, uh, which would also prevent any of the other rumor mills that have been going around, uh, he does have a new trade and the no-tag provision. In other words... Uh, once the contract is said and done in, I believe it's 2025, the Cowboys cannot tag him again in order to keep him on the roster. He immediately does become a free agent at the end of the league year for, I believe, 2025. So, again, this in a way does call the rumors of them possibly trading for Russell Wilson and if supposedly he ends up becoming part of a trade deal, he can veto the trade and he would automatically just stay in Dallas. So now the rumors of Dallas probably trading for Russell Wilson go out the door. Yeah, it's, it's officially dead in the water. It's no more. And I did talk about this a couple of days ago. And, and you know, and now I feel like now that I feel like, you no, know, that now that these those rumors about Russell Wilson were pretty realistic I guess the Cowboys just decided you know what we got to shut it down let's get it done because but I knew that it would be done because for the longest time Stephen Jones would continually insist that the top priority was signing Dak Prescott so now the deal is done so um but now that the deal's done you know really look just to clarify to everybody look I'm not 
a, a Prescott hater like some people would. Like, I, I was just not in favor of paying him because the Cowboys can't take the risk. I mean, especially because Prescott's coming off a nasty injury and the problem with the offensive line. But but now that Prescott's been paid, the Cowboys are going to have to uh, put an offensive line because now they got to make sure that this investment works out well. I mean, $42 million, over $40 million guaranteed you know, the first three years of the contract. So, yeah. Well, also, also look at it this way, though. 2020's NFL season, you had two major cogs of the offensive line injured for the majority of the season. That's one big concern. My concern with this is how do you go and you pay everybody else now? Now, I understand that he's got $126 million guaranteed. The team is only looking at $37.4 million, I believe it is, uh, for his uh, cap on the on the uh, contract. Now, my understanding is, is that there are other players on this team that need to be signed later on. And I'm trying to remember what the gentleman's name is. Uh, again, this is all last-minute stuff for me. So uh, the, wi- the one wideout, uh, Mari Cooper, is going to have to be signed at some point because he's not under contract for very much longer. No, he is. He actually signed his uh, massive deal before the 2020 season. I think it's Michael Gallup that you're thinking of. Uh, but I do understand, though, that there are going to be some pieces that they are going to need to upgrade on because it also here does say on Cowboys.com, off of uh, NFL.com, big contract, big year for Amari. Um, I would suggest everybody go and check that article out because it does talk about the off year that he kind of had last year and whether or not he's going to be able to live up to that contract this year. Uh, it's a really great read, so I would I would advise everybody to go check it out. I certainly will. Um, but yeah, Amari Cooper had an off year last year, so if 2021 turns out, if, if uh, Prescott and Cooper have that amazing connection, the, the quarterback to wide receiver, then obviously that, that's beating up some big things, but... You know, right now, the, as far as the offense goes, you know, it's it's still uh, a lot of uh, worrisome because uh, with um, Kellen Moore calling the plays, and you know, for the longest time, you know, I've also been kind of a critic on Kellen Moore, and because what worries me is that he still has a little bit of that Jason Garrett phenomenon in him with with that conservative play calling, which real really doesn't do the Cowboys any favors. But but you know, look. Losing Kellen Moore at the end of the day, you know, what, what I would stress to those Cowboys fans, well, if he's gone, then who takes over as offensive coordinator because there are no names out there that, that were wor- that were available that were worthy. So, so what you know, as, as long as I guess that's done, and and I guess we got to give Kellen Moore the chance because, you know, last year with, with this whole, well, you know, I, I, since you don't see it on your show, I'm not going to use the word too, but I know, I know what everybody's talking about. But when everything has to be practiced virtually and there's, there's no traditional training camp, I mean, the whole, everything's affected. I know that's an excuse, but... We just got hope that this offseason is, is actually better. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to take I, – I, I, in the past, I've probably turned around and said because they haven't had any prep time, uh, it does affect the play, the play uh, calling, um, prep, etc. My argument now is, is that if you've been on the team long enough, um, Dak – uh, the offensive line, Amari Cooper. You should already know the playbook. That this is my this is my feeling of this. You're just needing to get reps. And granted, yes, there was no preseason last year. We went immediately into a regular season. 
But there were teams that progressed mightily, and I'll use the Super Bowl champions, for example. Tampa took almost a half a season to get rolling, but once they got on the roll, you could see that there was a lot of there was a lot of meshing going on. Like everybody was was all together on a spot. Every NFL team had it. Some teams started out really, really hot. Uh, they they just gelled early, and that was a big thing. So I'm not going to really be saying, hey, you know what? We didn't have any real prep time. But if you've been on the team, you know the playbook. You know how your teammates are. The only ones that you're not going to be used to are going to be the rookies and the free agents that you bring in onto your team. Uh, New England was the perfect example. Cam Newton really didn't have the preseason to learn the playbook because he wasn't in the organization long enough. That's where I can understand that. But if you are a team that's been together for quite a while, you should have been gelled already, knowing the playbook, knowing how your teammates work, because you got to be a well-oiled machine on that point. Exactly. Absolutely well said. And, and as far as Dak Prescott goes at this point, there's no more excuse, excuses. I understand that the offensive line is 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 a terrible right now with all the injuries, but but now that Prescott you know has got what he wanted, like I said. He, We've got to hope that he's able to give us, you know, the money's worth. And to be honest, a, a lot of the, a lot of some of the listeners of this show argued that if the Cowboys had, you know, lost all the rest of their games and got Trevor Lawrence, we'd be in a better situation. Now, I have to disagree. Look, getting a, relying on a rookie quarterback is not always the best thing. I mean, in some cases, it's the worst thing. Prescott has experience. Okay. At this point, we can't just keep going to the drawing board, getting a rookie quarterback, thinking, "Well, we'll build on him." If it doesn't work out, we go right back to that drawing board. I mean, we're only del- we're only like delaying ourselves. I mean, it's bad enough the Cowboys are in a bad drought because they haven't won a freaking Super Bowl title since 1996. I mean, it- and the problem is, you know, of course, there's ownership and management, you know, and I still stick to my gun when I say, "Well, as long as you know the owner is the g- is still at the GM position and he's not going to make changes, then nothing's going to happen." But you know. See, unfortunately, to say it that a lot of people will turn around and say, oh, let's lose out the season and get Trevor Lawrence, okay? The Cowboys are not in rebuild mode. Let's get this honestly out on the table. Teams like the Jets, they are in a rebuild. The Denver Broncos, still in a rebuild because they don't have a quarterback. And they've drafted quite a few, and they've all flopped, okay? The Cowboys are not in a rebuild mode. They are in a win-now mode. They would have not tried to get all of these weapons for Dak, uh, not re-signing Zeke, uh, not trading for Amari Cooper, uh, Michael Gallup in the draft. That was a very good pickup for them. They They needed to put the pieces around them. The Cowboys are always known for their offensive line. They built that offensive line. And barring the fact that Dak only played five games last year, Okay, between the 2020 season and the 2019 season, when they put that offensive line together, there was 33 sacks for the two years. Go back to 2018. He was sacked 56 times. Those numbers showing the fact of those sacks going down, pressures, etc. They built around Dak they're not in rebuild so for the Cowboys fans that said maybe we should go for Trevor 
I feel you're incorrect on that, and I I do feel the fact that there is a lot of pressure, uh, even more now than there was before, because now he got this contract. So Dak coming back from an injury, yes, you're going to have to nurse him back in slowly, but there go. Waiting for Trevor Lawrence would be a big mistake. Mm-hmm. And I realized it last year because, you know, a, a friend of mine who's actually a very uh, skilled in in, the, in psychology, you know, um, he's actually a learning disability expert, and I uh, have ADHD, and he listened to my show. And, and when I said the Cowboys are going to be 2-14, and 14, and when I had that criticism on deck, he would say, he, he told me, well, Alex, you were basically speaking in a, in a frustrating and anger mode as well, and you were trying to put in your journalism as well. So you were, basically, I was in a conflict with my fan perspective and my journalism perspective, which is already a problem for me. And then when that anger and frustration comes, you know, due to the effects of my ADHD, I mean, it, it makes a whole entire war in my head. So, so yeah, so when I calm down and, you know, I do a little bit more research, you know, and my journalism skills are put to better use, I realize, well, then, yeah, t- taking Trevor Lawrence would not have been a, a, a good thing. You know, like and like I said, you know, if you just keep going relying on a rookie quarterback, you know, every f- few years or so, I mean, you're just you're just delaying yourself. I mean, going back to the drawing board gets you nowhere. Well, I, again, you know, I I, I kind of harped on this whole ordeal, uh, the beginning, uh, the beginning of the season and during the preseason last year. Um, you know, with all uh, rushed training camps and everything else, but. Their only prayer when Dak went down, believe it or not, was actually the signing of Andy Dalton. Now, his numbers are not anything that you can really eye-pop on. Again, sack rate was high because of the offensive line being injured. Mm-hmm. Okay, When you lose, your ta- you lose a tackle and a guard like that, and they're the main cog of your engine, those are, the, I believe, the two highest players on their offensive line that were hurt. Uh, you're obviously going to have a quarterback scrambling for his life. Uh, but you do kind of look at the uh, the numbers, 216 for 33, almost 65% completion uh, through for just under 2,200 yards. Touchdown to interception rate, not really horrible uh, at 14 and 8. But now that you have Dak back, and and I did actually do some comparisons to uh, numbers for the last five years, which is kind of the reason why a lot of fans were leery of giving DAC numbers uh, in the uh, the salary department. My basic that I could actually lead off of is Deshaun Watson's numbers. Believe it or not, you the the numbers comparably uh, with one less season are pretty outstanding. So if you really want to look at the comparison numbers to there to to see that, because I believe Deshaun Watson just signed a extension, I believe the beginning of last year it was. Yeah, it was around that time. It, it was it was before uh, really between there was such bad tension between him and the Texans management. It, it, it was before the relationship, the sourness of the relationship, you know, was take, was going to the next level. I mean, at the time they were probably still okay together, but now it's like yeah, they're not to say that they're not even on the same page. I mean, they're not even reading the same book right now. Well, the reason why I'm saying it is, is that even though Deshaun Watson is two years younger than Dak, okay, Dak is, hold on, I got this number here. See, I come in with numbers. This is the way I just go. Um, Dak is 27. Deshaun Watson plays one less year. He's 25, okay? Dak's numbers comparison-wise, 
he's only short about 3,200 yards. So if Deshaun Watson was play, played the extra year, I'm pretty sure they'd be around almost the same amount. Okay? Uh, Deshaun didn't play a full four years. It's three and a half years because he played seven games in 2017. But still, the numbers are almost on point between the two. Now, Deshaun Watson got that big extension contract. Maybe you could put Dak in that in that spot as well, only for the fact being that the numbers are pretty comparable. And it does show without him being in the lineup that they really don't have anything, another piece to really put there. So now it's really kind of showing the money part. Absolutely. And I'm glad you actually uh, verified that because uh, one of my listeners was urging me to do an episode that the Cowboys should trade Prescott for Deshaun Watson. And basically what you said, you know, that's what I would have said. I mean, really, the numbers are, are right there. I mean, really, so so what's the difference? I mean, the difference is the age, really. I mean, and, and really, it's not going to do it's not going to do the Cowboys any favors. Well, on on a major note, like this this past season, uh, Watson did play 16 games through for 4,823 yards, but he did get sacked 49 times. Okay, uh, the 49 times being sacked is a pretty eye opening number. But if you want to go back to a year where um, Dak was pretty much around the same thing, he threw for 4,900 yards and was sacked 23 times. If you do kind of say you want to put Deshaun Watson behind that Cowboys offensive line, obviously, unless he's holding on to the ball too long, he's not going to get sacked as much. But with two years difference, you know what? Maybe Dak does deserve the, the contract. I Again, in the past, I've said that he's not worth $40 million, But if you go and look at the numbers a little bit differently, the way that the, the logistics are set up, it, he he is kind of worth it. The difference I have with it is, is he going to be able to do the same thing in the regular season, in the postseason? The Cowboys have not gotten to the postseason very often in the last few years. No, and they haven't. They haven't been. If they have, they haven't made it past the divisional playoffs. So, in in some way, the logistics maybe the money is great, but also going back to the 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 contract part. Thirty-eight million is actually not that bad if you think about it. Sitting on the cap, it is ex- exactly because it, I never would have anticipated how much the impact would have been on the salary cap. But based on what I've seen, you know, on Twitter and in some of these sources, that if, from what this source right here, the signing will free up a sizable amount of cap space. Huh. You know, so, so from what I understand, there's there's some salary cap changes that are going to take place. I mean, the NFL's changing, but. You know, my, my I've opened my eyes a little bit more because you know this past regular season, I, I'm sure I've I've badly criticized Dak for no reason. I mean, it's like my friend said, it, you know, it's just called you know anger and frustration, and knowing you know since he's a close friend, you know, he's kind of you know I've told him how I go with my learning disability, and you know sometimes you don't know what you're saying, but you know, but really like I've opened my eyes a little bit more, and you know done the research, you know, you know I've done my job as a journalist, you know, do the research, learn more, it happens, you know, journalists make mistakes. And now I'm thinking, okay, maybe the contract isn't so bad. I mean, it's four years, but but really, for me, I'd say, well, we need we needed a guy with experience. So if we had relied on the draft, it would have been bad. But the Cowboys have had the tenth overall pick, and it's unclear, you know, which quarterback would have been there anyway. But like I said, you know, a rookie quarterback doesn't do any favors. But yeah. But here's the here's now the 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 main question to it all. 
Uh, really, I'm going to tell you this, and, and this has basically been like the Achilles heel for the Dallas Cowboys. Go ahead. Defense. The defense, and I, I, I will openly admit this, the defense has been trash. I mean, it okay? is. It is. This is so, what the show's about. Tell like it is, dude, and that's well, what you're doing. The question I have is, is this. You've now gotten Dak back. Your offense is pretty much set. Okay? How do the Cowboys now take the money within the draft and in within free agency and build up that defense? The secondary has been like a wet sponge. It just like it just absorbs everything and people can keep scoring on it. They need to figure out the secondary first off. Uh pass rush has always been there. Linebacking core has been pretty solid. Their secondary is horrible. They really need to shore up the secondary. It is, and I'm glad you brought it up. Because with the tenth pick there's, there's two names that the that critics are very certain that the, the Cowboys will take. Uh, one of them is Caleb Farley, the cornerback from Virginia Tech, and the other one is uh, Patrick Sertain Jr. from the University of Alabama. And I was asked, out of the two, which one would I pick? To be honest, and this is actually an unusual reason because a lot of people would never think of this, I would say, well, if Patrick Sertain is picked, it's good because one of the cornerbacks that they have already, the Cowboys, uh, Trayvon Diggs, Who's who's actually a, a very good you know for a dude who got hurt and you know for a rookie he was actually pretty he was pretty fantastic I mean that that guy even though the thing as horrible as it was I mean this dude was playing you know with, with the heart of a lion and and I applaud him and I figured well since those two played in college if they play it since those two are very familiar with each, with each other if they play alongside each other on the defense maybe that would create some harmony maybe these guys can work well together. But sometimes you gotta. We have to remember, like you know, it's, it's this is this is the pros. It's not college. It's different. But really, it depends. It's not just the numbers. Sometimes I mean, when I read those NFL uh, draft, uh, they have all the the pros and the cons. Those are very details that they gotta be careful for. But the Cowboys really have to go on secondary on the tenth pick. I mean, over really, who I really wanted before this was Penai Sewell, the, the offensive tackle out of, out of Oregon. I mean, now that Prescott's been signed, uh, that's a guy, if the Cowboys get, that's good because we got to protect Prescott at all costs on the offensive line. But but I'm sticking with they got they, they got to take a cornerback with a 10th pick, and I think Certain's going to be the guy, the dude from Alabama. Either way, I, I can understand just that one player in the draft, but I really do think that there have been a lot of cuts, veteran cuts, as of late. There are a lot of players on the block. I'm going to mention one that's been in the news for like the last two weeks because that's the way that they're kind of looking at it. And the one rumor was is that he was being traded to Cleveland. Stephon Gilmore. He's he's going to be a one-year rental for somebody unless they can make him, they can give him a contract extension. But a player like that going to Dallas, even a little bit toward the downside of his career, he's been phenomenal for the last four years for the Pats but if they were to make a deal for him then there's already a cornerstone for what you already have there a lot of quarterbacks have come and gone throughout the years where a change of scenery does help their team help the team that they're going to get better a Gilmore could do that me personally um as as an analyst if it does happen I think the Cowboys do get a little bit better on def- on defense. 
But until that secondary really gets fixed, and maybe get a another bookend pass rusher for that defense. <coughs> sorry, you can put up as many points as you want, but you got to be able to stop the points on the other side. And I think that's one of the main reasons why, even though the point production had dropped for the Cowboys offense last year, the Cowboys really couldn't stop anybody. And that was a very big key. Yeah. That was a very, very big key. So it's got to be one of those things that I believe Jerry Jones is really going to have to look at. Exactly. And the the new defensive quarter they have this year, Dan Quinn, you know, the reaction was just so mixed. You know, some people uh, were excited because, you know, of course, Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator for Seattle, you know, during during the peak of the Legion of Boom. It, that that's why some people were happy, but then some people would say, "Well, this dude was sucked as a, as a head coach." And I said, "Look, it doesn't matter whether he had. A, I know I get it. He had a bad outing in Atlanta. I mean, it started out great, and you know, it kind of went down after the twenty eight to three loss. And, and I'm sure that's something you remember, like as if it was yesterday. Yes. But, but look, look, what it, it, that's all in the past. I and mean, we gotta we gotta focus on the future. Like, and I get it. You know, in Dan Quinn's case, unfortunately, his tenure as, as the Falcons head coach is not as bright you know as we wish it was but look the guy needed a fresh start okay you know this dude he's gonna have a fresh start he's gonna come in here you know and and, and, and honestly look some dudes who are great at defensive coordinators they're just not good as head coach because sometimes in life you're just, that's just not meant for you but at the end of the day he can say he tried it so I'm not worried about Dan Quinn being the de- defensive coordinator I'm sure he can do a great job but we have what we have to understand is if we don't give him weapons to work with, I mean, how do we expect him to build a defense? I mean, that's why that's not. I mean, well, just because he's coming here doesn't mean we're gonna have the Legion of Boom. I mean, it's possible the Cowboys' defense could be good, but we got to do him favors as well. Like we got to help him out. Which is probably why, like I, as I said, if they don't take advantage of where they are in the draft, you said they were in the ten spot, correct? Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's some pretty great pass rushers coming out of college right now. Uh, they can grab one. Or, again, like if you end up making a deal, everybody kind of devalues certain players. Again, I'll bring up Gilmore as a reason because everybody's asking for like a third-round pick uh, and a fifth-round pick or whatever like that. Gilmore has still been one of the top defensive players uh, every season since he's signed with New England. There was one or two years when he was in Buffalo before that that he was uh, defensive player of the year or in the uh, first team uh, defense uh, setup. If you can, if you can waive maybe a future one and a third round pick or something to that effect, you're going to get a good player. So they were, that's going to be really their thing. I think between Van Der Esch and uh, the other gentleman here, um, Jalen Smith, Jalen Smith, They've kind of got that locked down. Again, there's going to be a lot of vets cut. I I would love to see what the Cowboys are going to do on that point. Uh, there's not really been any very much news about that. It could be uh, it could be a big thing though. You have to just build up that defense. Exactly. The offense for me is always I've always seen them as solid because they put up a lot of points. They averaged almost 33 points a game last year. Um, even in a somewhat down beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. So defense is definitely going to be their key. 
Exactly. And speaking and some of the defense, you know, the Cowboys, you know, free agents, you know, the safety, Xavier Woods, uh, cornerback, Jordan Lewis, and Chidobia Wuzier, those guys are set to become free agents. Um, as, as far as the linebacker goes, you mentioned veteran cuts. I, I think we, we've seen the last of Sean Lee. But as far as Sean Lee goes, you know, he's a great leader. But, you know, at this point, you know, he's in his mid-30s now. He's past his prime, you know. I've been with him since his rookie year in 2010. He's always been a great player. I mean, it's just his, his health has just been such a problem. But I always said, well, for a guy that gets hurt a lot, when he's healthy, he delivers. I mean, Sean Lee was for so many years the leading tackler for the Cowboys. You know, and that's now the problem with Leighton Vander Esch. You know, a lot of people label him, especially a uh, guest I've had on on this show before, you know, who labels him as Sean Lee 2.0 because he's just so fragile and he gets hurt. But, you know, with the linebacker core, you know, being weak, I mean, you know, the secondary is not going to have the favorites as well. But as, uh, as far as uh, Xavier Woods go, I I don't know if I can see him being re-signed. I'm sure he's going to demand some money. But if they can at least keep uh, keep uh, Jordan Lewis and Chidobia Wuzier, it's certainly going to help the Cowboys. But, but I like how you said if the Cowboys screw up with a 10th overall pick, then, yeah, that's that's doomed. That, that's why... I would urge them, you know, if Patrick Certain is there, you know, he was the the MVP of the 2021 uh, Rose Bowl game and had a great game in the national championship. So if he's there, you got to take the guy. He's probably, he, well, he's young, he's there. I mean, he, he's 20 years old and, you know. I, 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 pretty, I pretty see, I pretty much see it's either going to be secondary or it's got to be a pass rush. Somebody on that defensive line that can help not only control the trenches, uh, with the running game, because you're gonna you're gonna want somebody that's versatile between the two spots. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's gonna play almost every down, unless you're completely gassed. Somebody that's got a motor. Um, that's why I'm, I'm the defense again. Like if you get a pass rush, your secondary doesn't get kill, get kicked as much. You know, it doesn't get picked on as much. If you've got a secondary guy that comes in, and it's guaranteeing to tell you really. You don't really see very many safeties and DBs go in the first round that early. So it may be an actual a defensive lineman that's going to come out of this, whether it's going to be an end or it's going to be a linebacker that's going to be able to give you that max pass rush. That's a very big possibility. And I don't, I think, again, like it can go either way. Exactly. And I like how you mentioned, you know, a power pass rush is much needed. I mean, that's been a problem for the Cowboys for God knows how long. The Cowboys haven't had a... I think that it's been a problem really since DeMarcus Ware has been gone. I mean, DeMarcus Ware for so many years was our was a great pass rusher, especially when he converted to a defensive uh, end position when the Cowboys, you know, brought in a, that that uh, defensive corner that, that was known for the Tampa 2 defense back in 2002. It was Monty Kiffin, and they converted, and DeMarcus Ware was used primarily as a defensive end, and he was a good pass rusher at the time, but even as a linebacker, he was there. But you know, since then, you know, De- Demarcus Lawrence, is, you know, it's been a, it's been playing okay. I mean, especially last year. But you know, with the money he's making, you know, having only six sacks last year is just so unacceptable. You know, and speaking of uh, the fact that the Cowboys have messed up with with paying players before, you know, before, you know they're gonna have to restructure the contract of Jalen Smith. I mean, Jalen Smith, you know, being paid that way, I mean, that was a horrible mistake from the Cowboys and. I think they're going to have to talk to Marcus Lawrence too because I, there's going to be some contract re- contract restructuring to be made as well, especially for these players making a lot of money. Well, at this point right now, like I'm looking at the Cowboys free agents here. Um, offensively, I'm not really concerned very much with 
on that spot. But pretty much more than 50% of this Cowboys free agents list is defense. Uh, Alden Smith on that is on that list. That's pass rush right there. Um, you have four members of the secondary free agency. The uh, inside defensive line, you got two guys, uh, Tyron Crawford and uh, Antoine Woods, free agents. Uh, linebacking core, like you said, Sean Lee. Um, I'm pretty much going to say that he may be a roster cut. Um, if they don't do any re-signing with him, he's going to be gone. Oof. This looks like mass confusion on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, if you if you think about it. But mm-hmm. there's, I mean, the list. There's not a lot of names on here. I I honestly think maybe, depending on where where the the veteran cuts are going to be, I think that's probably where the the uh, Cowboys are going to look. Because if they had guaranteed money, they're going to sign for basically almost nothing. Exactly, and. As far like I said, as far as Sean Lee goes, uh, I, I think we've seen the last of him. He, he's probably either gonna he either retire or probably sign with another, with another team. But I think Sean Lee being with Dallas, I, th- I think that's that's done. That's we've seen the end of that. Well, thank God that the uh, the deal with Dak got done, so now they can actually concentrate on the free agency and the draft. Mm-hmm. But as as far as uh, yeah that goes, I mean you know when I was talking about restructuring deals, I mean if there's somebody that really needs to have his deal restructured, it's it's Zeke Elliott. But I don't. That is, you know. in my opinion, that probably will not happen. It won't, no. Because it was, it was, it was. First off, I believe he sat out for a few games to get that deal, and then he came back and he was not in game shape. And obviously, that season kind of threw it all by the wayside. But Zeke is kind of the constant. And if you don't have the constant running, then you're going to have the issues where you get a season where Dak gets hit 56 times. You're not running the ball. You can't keep your the pressure off your QB. And if you're behind, obviously, you're going to end up having to have him keep throwing the ball. So the run game and the defense at this point right now are going to be the most critical cogs for the Cowboys to fix for 2021. Amen to that. Because ever since Zeke got paid, we've got nothing out of it. I mean, uh, he he didn't help sit out for games. He uh, he held out a training camp. Uh, they were able to get a deal done, but he did he did threaten to sit out the rest of this, the whole entire season, I believe. But but ever since he got paid, to say that we haven't gotten what we wanted is an understatement. You know, there's been rumors circulating that there's a possibility that Zeke is going to be traded. I don't personally believe that because I figured, well, who the hell's going to take him with that, with that contract he has right now? I mean, if somebody takes him, they're probably going to tell the Cowboys, well, we'll take him, but you're going to have to pay him a majority of, the, of his remaining money. All right, so I'm just reading this thing here. Uh, Dak's bonus makes history. Prescott's $66 million signing bonus, most in NFL, above Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. So apparently the NFL thing has it kind of a little twisted from what I just read. Was it from the NFL update on Twitter? Uh, well, no. This one here is the uh, report from Bleacher Report. Um, they are pretty much a uh, viable source for sports news. And it's reported from Adam Schefter off of Twitter, at Adam Schefter. Um, highest signing bonus in NFL history. $66 million. Russell Wilson, $65 million. Aaron Rodgers, fifty-seven point five million. 
So the the one article here that I did read on NFL.com is technically incorrect. They mispronounced it correctly. Apparently, according to this, it says Prescott's deal averages $42 million a year over the first three, with $75 million in the first season and a $66 million signing bonus. Yeesh. That's a lot of money. Still. Wow. Money I wish I could make. Well, Cowboys talk will get you there. Yeah, hope, uh, hopefully. Well, you know, as long as I keep building this show, and you know, and, and, and you know, uh, it, it really, I can't thank all the loyal listeners that I have. You know, I really can't thank y'all enough, and I re- and I appreciate y'all reaching out to me because they were unhappy with a guest I had, you know, a couple weeks ago of his attitude. I really appreciate you guys reaching out to me. I've taken, I promise you, I've taken care of it. Things, you know, your voice, your your opinions do matter to me. So, so for those of you who talk to me, who, who really enjoy it, I really appreciate you guys caring. Just want you guys to know that. <laughs> but to fit, uh, to keep going, um, yeah, for the longest time, you know, really, I was just so mad that you know we had Prescott and nothing was happening. But, but I'm gonna be honest. As soon as he got paid, you know, now I'm all of a sudden all that anger and all that some of the critic, you know, opinions I really had. I mean, they're just starting to go away because now I'm like, you know what, look. He got paid. Let's see what what's gonna happen out of that. You know, he's coming off of, of an injury. You know, and, and really, I mean, that injury was was scary. I mean, when I saw his foot like that, I mean, it's, it scared the crap out of me because I don't know if you know this, but I actually have a an intense fear of hospitals. So when I see nasty injuries like that and go to the hospital like that, I mean, it, it really scares the hell out of me. It, it makes me really pray for some people, even for people I don't even know. I uh, believe me. I watched that play about 40 times in an hour in all different angles because a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, he'll be back. He's not coming back. That's it. That's exactly what I kept saying. He's not coming back, and he's not going to be uh, – I know technology and medicine has gotten to some massive advances, so we just pray and hope that the uh, – the rehab that he'll be even ready for training camp, let alone for preseason and the regular season, uh, because that is an injury that even the slightest little fractured or broken bone in that particular region of the leg can do some massively serious damage or not heal correctly. And from uh, what I had last read, probably about a month ago, that he, that he may actually be ready for uh, training camp. So that was actually pretty good. As of late, there's been no there's been no reports of anything bad uh, surrounding Prescott from the injury. Uh, they did mention that he was undergoing a second surgery, but it's it's nothing it's nothing bad. It's it's nothing about reaggravation. It's just a surgery checkup to see how it's for the. It, it's basically one of those things they do, you know, second surgery just to like clarify. It's all, it was basically a precautionary thing. That that's how the top headline labeled it as. I'm just trying to see if there's any other uh, news that I saw today. Yep, Stefan Gilmore is officially on the uh, trade block. Isn't that special? That's special. So now the question is, what what now for him? You hope whatever team gets him doesn't get him for a one-year deal. That's exactly what you hope. Exactly. Anyway, well, Ricky, it's a question to you. As far as uh, as, as it goes... Do you really believe that the Cowboys really made the right call with this whole thing overall? 
With the comparisons of the numbers, uh, I even pulled up another uh, gentleman that's kind of around the same age and has had a little bit more NFL experience, and he recently got paid a few years ago. That would just so happen to be the quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr. Um, Derek Carr did not play the uh, – well, he did play in every game this year. If you want to average it out to the numbers – and his deal, I'd actually say Dak got the better part of it. Uh, Carr has been fairly consistent throughout the entire, like the last few seasons of comparison. And Carr got the extension, not, obviously not as much as Dak, but when you don't have uh, the extra 12 to 13 points on average when he's in the lineup... He's actually worth it. He's actually worth it. How they structured the deal to be determined because they, again, still have to look at free agency and see where they're going to be able to improve. If they can get a few veterans on the low ends of deals because they were, they're were coming off of con, um, guaranteed money and they build that defense, then you just, I mean, you're secured now at quarterback for four years at this point. The offense is there. You just yes. gotta build the rest of the team. And you'll make the you'll make this signing more than well worth it. Basically. I mean it's basically, yeah, you answer the question the best way, like, you know, if the Cowboys can build on it, you know, just keep the momentum going, then it'll work out. I mean, basically, long story short is it's up to the Cowboys whether or not to make the deal successful or not. Again, you can't have and the the glaring stat that I bring out on this is that you cannot have Dak running for his life. Absolutely not. 2018, again, 56 sacks. Year before that, 2017, 32 sacks. Between 2019 and 2020, when they built the offensive line, 33 sacks total. That's your difference. Yeah. And, we, and we've seen Dak Prescott get beaten up, you know, fumble the ball you know, when he has to run for his life, so... You know, you know, it all speaks for itself. That Prescott needs to be in good hands. And is also his QBR uh, actually does show that too when he's actually secured behind the offensive line. Uh, 2020, even though it was only five games, 99.6. 2019, 16 games, 99.7. Uh, the year he got sacked 56 times, 96.9. But his first year, 16 games, 2016, 104.9, only sacked 25 times. Protect Dak, protect your investment, and you will get every penny out of Dak. Amen, well said. Ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. And just so everybody knows, Cowboys Talk is also played on Saturdays on a particular amazing radio called Sound Machine FM. Yes, this episode will certainly be on it. Ricky, thank you so very much for con coming to my show. And as we close it out, do you have any announcements uh, pertaining to your, your amazing Pipe Bomb uh, Radio? Uh, March 17th, we are doing a really amazing broadcast from Ireland for St. Patrick's Day. I believe it starts at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And again, do not forget... 
Game Train Pipe Bomb, Pipe Bomb Radio, Sound Machine FM, wherever you find your local po- podcasts or social media platforms, you can find them there. Do not hesitate to give us a like, give us a shout out. We'll be more than happy to uh, conversate. And don't worry, folks. If you follow me on Twitter, I will tweet out the show. I will make sure that you know what's going on. I will make sure that you are part of an amazing experience. Ricky, once again, thank you so very much. Everybody, y'all take care now.